1: From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. From Zlatan Ibrahimović's brash confidence with the play to back it up to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair.
2: Miami, Miami, Miami. It feels like Miami. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heapy podcast. I'm your host, Giancarlo Navas. And with me today is producer and co founder, Brian Goins. Go Knights. We also have our statistician and professional photoshopper, Christian Hernandez. What up? And also joining us, Maiden Voyage on the program, the homie. I don't even know where to introduce him because he does so many things. Channel seven, swings and misses, Jeremy Tashay.
3: I'll also say go nights, just because I don't really have the opportunity to say that a lot. Go Go nights.
4: Can I say
2: it now? Because I don't want to be like alone. Yep. Go nights.
3: Go nights. Yeah, charge on. All right.
2: I'm a panther, but you know, whatever. (laughs) Squarefy you. Um so Jerry was joining us on the program today. The Heat play their first game of, the, I mean, I don't even know if you can call it a game. Is it a game? The scrimmage It's kind of a game. A preseason game? It felt, it didn't feel like, it didn't, there was no sense of urgency, but it was good for basketball to be back. You know, and no, Bam and Kendrick Dunn weren't there, but we got games. There was a whole slate today. The Heat got the, the 8 p.m. start. It was good to hear Eric read. That was the best part, guys. Like when I heard Eric start talking on the broadcast, my, my eyes lit up.
3: Oh man, the, the, the suit or the, sorry, the suit jacket, that Jax was wearing too, which is what, you know, he's become so known for it. Like it just felt so good to hear that intro music, Eric Reed's voice, honestly hear karate coming in and Jax back at, back at, uh, at the AAA. it felt incredible. And also let me take a second to say, as I have the microphone right now, thank you guys for having me on. It's like an honor to be on here. You guys Dude, for
2: sure. So, I, mean, Jeremy's I, just, a I didn't say program. it at the beginning. Oh, where, where, where can people find you on Twitter? We always like to introduce the Twitter handles. We're big on Twitter. Where can people find Jeremy Tache?
3: Uh, you can find me at Jeremy Tache. Uh, it's pretty straightforward. It's, uh, it's good. Tache is T-A-C-H-E. It's going to be one of the uh, kind. Yeah, the most pretentious way that you could think to spell Tache, that's how we do
2: it. So like so. mush. I would think there's an accent somewhere.
3: There's an accent over that E. Yep.
2: Of Yeah, it sounds. It sounds Not on Twitter,
3: good. but, no. in, but in, in real life. Yeah. But if
2: Twitter could, we would put one. Oh, yeah. Guys, I wanna I wanna talk about something. Was there a plexiglass in between Eric Reed and John Crawdy? Yes, I noticed the same thing. Okay, which do is you, amazing. Like, listen, I, I have questions out like who did Eric or Karate say, hey, listen, I need a plexiglass. Let's let me be safe. We got families.
4: I just thought I just, that was funny. I thought it was funny. I, I was, did not even notice that. <laughs>
2: really? Because they're really far apart, right? So they're at this big-ass table. and then but, but they're these...
4: still, like, more or less in the same spot in the arena, right? Yeah. yeah.
2: But yeah. there's
3: a plexiglass in between them. It, it must be the way that they were able to get away with not having masks, like, so that they could just Good do point. their announcing other I, mean, I guess That was the true. only way to create something that's a little bit of a
2: barrier. But They I put Jackson the 300
3: level. As, the Funniest thing to see the two sitting next to each other with this little glass between each other, just dividing. It also just looks like a rift in a friendship. Like they really like <laughs> They've just been working together for so long through this whole thing. Like it, it, makes me, it, it has me imagining that they were sitting in that booth for the last four months, just arguing with each other about <laughs> nonsense. And just eventually someone drew a line in the room like, you know what? You can't go past this side. This is my side. That's how
5: it's it felt area. to me. That's, that's pretty does, much how does, Coach Tony got kicked out of the broadcast. I was
4: going to say, does Eric think that uh, Karate is Coach Tony now?
2: <laughs> it's, it's so fun. Like my mom, my mom calls John Karate, John Karate. She's not a big Karate fan. I'm like, let's give Karate a chance. My mom, my mom misses my mom's a, my mom's a loyalist. She misses Coach Tony Fiorentino, and she keeps saying that it was a fix. She goes, "This is a conspiracy." My mom is a Tony truther. Okay. Have you seen the shows that they
4: have karate do that are like, I guess like outside specials that like Heat TV does, where he like goes to restaurants in cities where the Heat travel to? and he's he doing like Guy Fieri It's he does like a he tries he to do
2: like a Guy Fieri thing <laughs> that's amazing and it is it's very awkward I need to watch this I need to watch but Guy Fieri I, I, John if karate. you haven't seen this you guys need to watch one of
4: these I've watched three of them now and the last two times I know it's because I was just like I need to see if it keeps being like this <laughs> you like, to watch I've,
3: I've seen it from from having like the pregame on or or even the postgame they'll show it sometimes like at like one in the morning if you've left your tv on for too long on fox sports florida and the thing is they're really like well produced that's the part of it that's no, amazing they are. we're they are. talking about that's why it's, why it's so, like it's like that's why that's it's why like, it's it's almost hits
4: satire uh-huh. <laughs> but it's yeah. not, it's clearly being trying to be serious yeah. and it's very it's, wonderful. Serious. it's well made yeah. like it is well made it, it uh, it's funny it's great
2: yeah. So we got we got Karate, we got E we got the plexiglass, and we had heat basketball it was I thought so I don't know guys, like main takeaways for me. I think one hundred percent like Andre Udala was the best player on the floor for the Heat. Mm-hmm. If not, I mean Duncan. I mean, listen, we're we're big, we're we're big Duncan homers on here, but like outside of Duncan's hot shooting, I mean Andre was just incredibly impressive. Like he's untouchable.
5: He's 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 pretty much untouchable status with Bam and Jimmy right now.
2: Well, I mean, like I, I guess like putting Andre on hold for a second. I know I was concerned if Duncan would be able to come in and start shooting like the way that he was before he left. And he's absolutely like, I got this. Like, this is not a fluke. Like, I am this good a shooter. I'm going to walk into this fucking building. and I'm going to take off where I left off. I'm the best shooter alive.
3: I think everybody like and maybe I maybe I'm just this way. Maybe I'm being pessimistic at this point, which is so the opposite of what my brand is. Uh, that I've sort of cultivated for myself you are, you here in this like weird Captain way. You are like Captain
4: Hope, I gotta say. <laughs> yeah, I like <laughs> somehow
3: am that person. Uh, Captain oh, Hope, Jeremy ha- Tashay. I don't know how it happened, but that's that's who I turned into, at least online. But I uh, I, I was a little bit worried. I'm not going to pretend. I was a little bit worried that maybe, just maybe, this was just a half-season fluke from Duncan that was just like, there was no way he's that guy. There's just no way. He was his undrafted free agent. Just no way that he became this guy. For him to come back and be so immediately effective was just like right there in the first quarter instantly. It was like, oh, okay, no. So this is, this is who Duncan is. He's just Clay Thompson. Like he's just that
2: good. It's that shot crazy. in the third quarter where he was like giving and going and kind of like trying to get to a spot and the, def- like the defender totally went over the screen, was able to keep up with him and just drilled it in the dude's face. Absolutely mm-hmm. canned it.
4: But like, I I think in a lot of ways, Duncan kind of had a coming out tonight nationally, because Mm -hmm. I'm seeing a lot of people talking about him for the first time tonight. Um, And it's obviously it's because everybody misses basketball, but he's just he showed off tonight the same stuff that he had been doing over the last few months during the Mm -hmm. season. And obviously, just you know, with you know Bam rising, you know, to becoming an all-star level player, you know, to the uh, you know acquisition of Jimmy Butler, there was a lot of reasons to pay attention to other things. But I think we really need to start paying attention to how great Duncan is and how much he impacts this team.
2: So I kind of want to give a little insight into something I'm working on. Hopefully, it'll drop um, within the week. But I'm doing a piece on the dribble handoff sets that Miami runs, particularly between Bam and Duncan. And uh, Christian and I were doing some research, and the Heat are getting almost 1.6 points per possession off every Duncan jumper off a dribble handoff, which is insane. I mean, they're all, it's, it's literally automatic points. It is a a James Harden isolation is 1.16, right? Which you would think is like the most nuclear thing in the game, right? Like this, what Miami has might be the most sure thing in basketball. Like, let's think about that. Like this guy that went undrafted, right, is an automatic, almost automatic two points every time that guy comes off a pick, right? Like mathematically, he's almost like two points. And it's insane that this guy's undrafted. And he comes right back in. He hasn't played basketball, and this has been longer than an offseason, completely walks into that gym and starts waxing professionals. I feel
3: like the way that the Heat perfected this dribble handoff with Duncan is almost like in the NFL when a team builds an incredible team, right? But their quarter is just not quite there. And that's what the Heat had, honestly, when Wayne Ellington was playing this role. He was good, but he wasn't quite Duncan. And so you build this incredible team around a quarterback and then you draft Russell Wilson, right? Back in the day with the Seahawks, they'd built this incredible team, but they didn't have the guy. And when that guy can come in and perform and elevate to the next level and you have this perfect setup around him. So the Heat were perfecting this dribble handoff before Duncan ever. And then they were able to develop Duncan into what has become, like you just mentioned, the most potent weapon in basketball. It's really, it's it's what real, are we talking about? Crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> it's it's one of the craziest things I've ever said.
2: Like, Christian, like we've been we've been going off about Duncan for a while, and I think a lot of us thought, and maybe even nationally, people thought like Tyler Hero would be doing like some sort of facsimile of what what Duncan's doing, but it's just been the totally opposite.
4: Yeah, I mean, um, Tyler took six more shots than Duncan tonight and had three less points. So, so that kind of tells you the whole story right there. I feel bad for but, him
2: because without none, right, and mm-hmm. with Drogic playing limited minutes tonight, like they didn't play him the whole fourth quarter, and as Spolster said even before the game, like they're just not going to like play him and Jimmy that much. He was really forced into a point guard role, which I feel is a bit unfair for him. Oh, uh, oh yeah. look at that. We are welcoming in. <laughs> Jack <laughs> Alfonso. Jack, it's been so long. I don't even know what your little intro was. Trash tweeter Jack ever Alfonso. Yeah, trash tweeter Jack Alfonso. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. It's been that bad. Jack's been lost in Spain. He's been lost. Jack, listen, you're excited. Um listen, Jack's OG, Jack, are you the first heapy member? Outside of Brian and I? You're one or two, well, you're two or three. There's, there's somebody a else.
6: simultaneous hiring. That was a redacted, um, you know. I am the longest tenured. Hey! So. Um, so, Jack,
2: we're kind of talking about Duncan and, and Tyler. And I was, I was kind of saying how, you know, Tyler, I know we were talking in the group chat. Tyler had a really rough night. Um, but part of that, I think, was the fact that they kind of forced him into a point guard role without Kendrick Nunn there, with Dragic playing limited minutes, with Jimmy playing limited minutes. Uh, And I thought you said – I thought you put it really well in in the chat when you said that he's just not an on-ball guard. And that's really what they asked him to be tonight. And I kind of feel like his role is to attack scrambled defenses, not to scramble the defenses.
6: Yeah. I mean, he's like 19, 20. Um, I think he can get to the point where he's like a serviceable on-ball guard. I don't think that's ever going to be like his ballywick, like his thing. But – I don't know. I think I think they have to play him with as little on-ball responsibility as possible. Like, I don't think you can put that much like pressure on him to create for himself and others. Rookie guards point. are tough. Like, rookie guard, he's like, not strong enough. He's not like sure enough about his handle. But, like, I actually think he is pretty sure, sure about the group. handle. That
2: guy's going like left, right, real, real clean. That's the one thing that is actually really clean.
6: It's. It's good, but I don't think it's like as effective as it should be yet. Maybe that's a strength thing.
2: It's tight. It, it's a tight dribble. But yeah, I mean, I think the decision making coming off the passes are, are a little I, like there were times where you could tell that he's clearly trying to do so much. And on it, like this may be a little reckless to think, but I wonder how much like he's thinking, like, okay, I'm competing with Duncan. Like Duncan just hit like three or four. Like I got, I got to make, like he's like really forcing these wild ass step backs. And I wonder, I, I honestly wonder how much of that's in play.
3: For that matter, he's minutes like this team is really deep now, all of a sudden when they're truly healthy. And so he, I, I think hero understands that like, if he's not hitting his shot, what else is he doing to help the team in other ways that there aren't other players who can replicate those things who might be more consistent. So hero also knows I missed a stretch of time. The team played relatively well without me obviously needs needs him back but now have added Iguodala and Crowder yeah I mean not not perfect basketball just making making faces had moments had moments without him but I think he needs to I think he must be feeling at least a little bit of I got to play myself back into the rotation at least that's probably what's being preached to
2: him Myers is you got to play
3: yourself back into the rotation so Whether he really feels that or not, there's a little bit of pressure there. It was nice that at least toward the end of the game, he looked to be finishing well around the rim. So he was getting into a semblance of a rhythm because early
2: in the game, it was bad. It's easier on King's third stringers. Yeah, that's yeah I mean, more than true. <laughs> you, you you were
4: talking about like how much he can create off the dribble, and uh, tonight he actually struggled from deep. He didn't make a single three tonight. He was zero of seven from behind the arc, but it, that also means he was five of seven inside the arc, which is which is pretty effective. So, and he was doing a lot of that work off the dribble. Uh, he gets the free throw line. He you know he was five of five from the free throw line. You know, obviously, the thing that you look for in a guard is can he also create. In those, you know, opportunities off the dribble, and tonight, and you know, he had four turnovers, only one assist. You know, he did have the most minutes tonight, though, which speaks to maybe this was a bit of an opportunity for him to see what he can do with some of the, you know, like a guy like Kendrick out who plays a very similar role to him.
2: Like they just need ball handlers, and I think that tonight they were really. I mean, you don't. What are you going to ask? You can ask Gabe Vincent to do ball handling. I mean, when Jimmy and Goran aren't on the floor, and even like I know Bam's not a point guard, right? But Bam's a guy that really gets them into sets, right? So even if you don't have like an on-ball guard, I mean, you kind of give it a Bam in the high post and he kind of, you know, finagles possessions, right? He'll easy, he'll engineer something. Uh, so they didn't have that, which I mean, again, scrimmage, just first one. I, I don't know how much you could take away from it. I mean, other than to see, okay, Duncan, we're good. Like we're
5: good. I got a really good quote from, from Dragic about Duncan. You guys want to hear it?
2: I'm sure that you're going to tell us anyway.
5: It's from Dragic tonight on Duncan Robinson from Barry Jackson. This better be good.
2: This better He's be good. Best
5: shooter in the
2: league. Is this a fake? Oh, do we have another come Chef on. Trilly moment? No, this where, is a real uh, quote. I on. don't know. I don't even know what to believe. He's Chef the greatest Trilly.
4: shooter I've ever seen. <laughs>
2: <laughs> For those of you who don't know, uh, Twitter user at Chef Trilly, he, Twitter legend, I gotta be honest, made a fake like infographic, like styled after the Bleacher Report Instagram things, where uh, he had a fake Andre Gudala quote in which he made Andre. Say that Duncan was the best shooter he's ever played with, and he thought he was like a janitor or something. Chef
5: Trilly just posted saying, "Not a fake quote this time."
2: Okay, so <laughs> Chef Trilly can't confirm <laughs> this is not his doing. Oh, that's perfect. Hey, listen, Trilly, Truly's a legend. Man. We love Trilly out here. Um, listen, Dro- Dragic, impressive. I, I I wanted I really want to get to Andre though. So like, we're going around a lot of places. I thought Andre was awesome tonight. I thought Andre. I was. I've. I've. I've been hard on, I've been hard on Dre. I've been really hard on Dre. Uh, Jack, you know, you know, all the Andre, I'm an Andre Igrudala doubter. Uh, dude, crispy ass passes, looked good, had a dunk, right? Did, didn't look he his age.
4: really strong. He, he were a team worst 14 when he was on the court.
2: Ah! <laughs> my <laughs> eyes! No. Lie. I feel good because the Kai's Duncan, our statistician of Pud Master, said that Andre was the best player on the floor. So I, I had a really my good Alex.
4: night. No, I'm, I'm not even like. I, I, it's I just funny because I'm staring right at it, but he honestly did have a really good night. Like that's just one of those things. Like those things happen, you know. I just thought it was funny. It <laughs> yeah, but that was
5: probably because of the, th- the third quarter
3: after Jimmy.
2: And- oh, that three of right. twelve quarter, yo, mid season mm. form for the third quarter. <laughs> it,
3: it was so good to see a bad third quarter on my television. <laughs>
4: I Felt needed comforting.
1: it. I it was so awesome. comforting.
4: Honestly, it, it, a lot of this stuff was comforting. You said, like you said, hearing E. Reed's voice, just soothing, oddly. I even so know. soothing.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I was, I was in a blanket. I was like, kind of snuggled. I was like, this feels home. I feel like go
0: back.
3: You know, they have those meditation apps where they have all these different celebrities, like Matthew McConaughey or Wait, even what? LeBron. No, they do. They have, they have on on meditation apps. LeBron, his partner is on one of them, the, the Com app or whatever. And he reads goodnight stories and Matthew McConaughey, no Harry Styles, really all these weird ones, right? On but man, I need Eric Reid to read me a bedtime story I want Tony. I want both of them. That I felt, oh, both of them together. <laughs> like, dude, both of them together would be perfect. Oh man, yeah, it, that's what I need is the comfort of that voice putting me to bed every night. It's lovely. It's great.
5: I really was miss it? Tony giving me the, the definition of a clear path foul in the broadcast.
2: <laughs> how'd you guys feel about the court? Like, how'd you feel about like the broadcast in general on the court?
3: I liked everything besides the fans. Uh, yeah,
2: I I the fans be, were so bad.
4: I, I bad. thought that
3: was brutal.
2: Wait, that wh- what, me. what fans? Oh, you didn't see like on the... the big like screens? They just showed fans. And by the way, like I, I thought like the fans skewed. One ethnicity, I thought that was odd when you have Black Lives Matter on the court and like all the fans were white. I was like, What are we doing here, NBA? I actually so, noticed the same thing. <laughs> I was there, like, what was, are we the, doing? was there somewhere that you could sign up to be a fan? That's what I want to know. I don't really don't, that couldn't have been live. That, that has to be like some stock thing that they edited, like heat and paraphernalia on After Effects or something. No, oh, they probably so. they usually
5: have like clips has of like, like during like the in game, like once you go commercial break, how they go into the stands and you <laughs> film people like. And the crowds, doing yeah, like a generic, yeah, it's it's stock footage that they pre- pretty sure they have of that. I'm sure they have footage of you, Chris.
6: It'd be funny if you just appeared on the screen one day.
4: <laughs> <laughs> that would be really funny,
6: actually. Don't use my likeness. <laughs> they could do like whiteouts too. Like they could have the. Like, <laughs> they could do everything. All white people. Fan nights. it,
2: it kind of was a whiteout. I mean, all the fans were white. I guess. So. <laughs> These oh, no. were white. Oh, uh, Jack, did you like? Did you like like the encore stuff and and how it looked and everything?
6: I got used to it pretty quick. Um, the thing I didn't get used to is the weird like screen stuff. The fans like maybe it would have been better if they were just always there, but maybe that would be worse. That'd like, be weird. Just, they're too big. It felt like a Black Mirror episode, but like <laughs> the most boring Black Mirror episode. Nothing bad happens. It's That's just like,
4: it's like, just the same, but just yeah. with some weird shit <laughs> on the side. <laughs>
2: that's amazing (laughs) honestly like i was surprised like the sound i thought it would be weird i mean it is a little it's a little eerie right it's a little eerie but i thought thought they did a good job
5: i thought that he, because i was watching the other two games that were on before them i thought they had the better like visuals in terms of the led screens i just don't think it works for that medium
2: it's tough man i i I don't know
5: they have to be creative it's just it's tough because there's no fans i i think uh who is it lou williams had a great quote today saying like yeah, it was we noticed at the beginning, but like once you like tune into the game, they were focused on it, and then it was like, who's that visual for? If there's no fans in the
2: game, like who's that? Mm. Who's it for? I mean, it's 100 like for the for the television audience, right? Like they have to. I mean, I, I thought, I thought considered, I, I, I think they did a good job. I mean, it was also nice, you know, something that I weirdly noticed uh, was Andre kind of fell and he kind of like rolled around like under the basket. And I was like, oh, there's no camera people. They have space. Yeah, there's a ton yeah, of actually space amazing. there now. That was like, one of the biggest things I noticed. Mm-hmm. And Andre, uh, not Andre, uh, Jay kind of like, I think he, something happened and I think he fouled the shoot or something and he just ran all the way to the <laughs> to the exit and back. I was like, that's just something that would not happen because you have to f- go over camera people and all their equipment and the television crew. It is nice no. for
3: injury purposes that they don't have to fall into these guys. Like they're, it, always, it feels like every year there's always some fluke. All right, a guy misses like 10 minutes because he cut his eye on a camera falling in on a layup in a big game. So it's nice to know that at least that's not happening. Yeah. Or
4: think about how many guys have probably actually hurt themselves. Yeah. And they have a ton of adrenaline going and they just keep playing through it. And then the next day they're in a ton of pain. And oh, yeah. at some point I must have hurt myself. Now do you know if they
2: have the tracking cameras on the ceiling i was actually wondering that today like are we still going to be able to have all that second spectrum data and all the tracking data because i know that that was installed in nba arenas but i don't i don't know if they were able to because of covid to get all that information there and i can try
5: to look that up and i'll let you know
2: it's a weird thing to look up i don't know it was it was just came through my mind because i was like oh i can't wait to look at you know tracking data later and i don't know i was like wait maybe we don't have track well data. they don't do they only do
4: that for like actual games so they probably no, yeah i know still but wouldn't have it for these
2: but maybe they would who knows it, it it's it's something interesting and i i guess that's something i mean more analytic heavy teams if that's not available that's they're going to be at a disadvantage because that's information that they're used to um it was funny so um so uh, our professional screw up Alex Toledo asked Eric Spolstra at, at a at a Zoom call right about dribble handoff stats and Eric kind of was like oh I didn't even know that we were in the top 2 in dribble handoffs every year right <laughs> and it kind of makes you think like what do we do like I'm sure that they have their own analytic teams that are that are like kind of phrasing things differently but it kind of goes to show and we know that the Heat are very analytic forward but what analytics are they looking at versus what we look at and
3: Yeah I think it's probably just not comparing themselves to other teams is probably where that comes from. So just thinking like what is best for us to be able to execute. So knowing with dribble handoffs, like, oh, if we do X amount of dribble handoffs per game, you know, we're in better shape. And if we run this play more often, but I have a feeling these teams isolate themselves a lot when it comes to dealing with their own internal analytics. And I bet they don't focus as much on some of these other teams and their plays as as much as we think, especially like teams out West. Like, why would they care?
2: Alright, guys, so there's no shortage of action going on in our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you want even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. And if you're looking for something else other than sports, BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournament, and prop bets to check out. Visit BetOnline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, blue wire, bet online, your online wagering experts. This episode is sponsored by ladder ladder was founded by LeBron James and Arnold Schwarzenegger to change the way supplements are made. They work with the top scientists to formulate a line of clean performance products. And unlike other supplements, every batch is tested by a third party to verify the highest standards for quality and safety. I just received my ladder package in the mail, and I'm not one for pre-workouts, but this one tasted and felt amazing. It gave me all the energy I needed for that last set and it made all the difference in my workout. Ladder's goal is to help you unlock your best in any situation. Right now, that means access to special offers and expert advice from their community. Use code HEATBEAT20 for 20% off your first order at ladder.sport. That's HEATBEAT20 for 20% off your first order at ladder.sport. So let's get to the real stuff. Why the hell is KZ Opala not playing more minutes? Okay, Wait, we are... I think I, I want to plant Heat Beat firmly in the hashtag kz. Jack, are you with me? You
6: no, know, normally I would be with you, but I've come around more on if Spo says they're not ready to play, they're not ready to play. Whoa, it's what great. is this? Whoa. Who are you? I, I've just been, it's hard to bet against him. He have been institutionalized. I do.
2: You used to be the anarchist, and now you're institutionalized. You're listening to facts and reason and coaching. I mean, I think the
4: bigger thing is that think about how many players the Heat have to play where they were missing Bam and Kendrick, and they still didn't play everybody that they had tonight. And the guy who played the most minutes was Tyler with 26. Like, Derek Jones, actually, I was looking at it now. Derek Jones had a really solid night. He had that r- one really nice-looking three-pointer that he made, and he had four assists,
2: a team-leading four assists and two steals in, like, 16 minutes. Like... Did y'all see that really funky five, like man lineup that they put out without a center. It was like Jimmy, Derek, Jay. Yeah, they had Derek essentially playing the five. Jimmy offensively playing the five. Jimmy Jimmy offensively
3: was playing the five. It was crazy. He was just playing in the post and kicking it. He was basically playing Bam's role. It was unbelievable to to watch him operate in the post like that. I mean, I know it'll it'll never happen again when Bam comes back, but that lineup was legitimately effective. Now, they're playing the Kings. It was fun watching them go ultra small ball like that.
2: So actually the thing I'd like most, not even offensively, like what I liked most about it was their switchability defensively. And I know that we talked a lot last week and I wrote the piece on HeatMiami.com about like kind of heat's versatility uh, switching after the trade. <clears throat> I, they were switching even off ball screens and I liked them. They were willing to switch Dragic and Duncan, which I thought was surprising. I think that he'd have shown a willingness that if, if Dragic gets put in a pick and roll situation, he's going to do a hard show and they're going to let a guy recover so that Dragic doesn't have to get switched on to some bigger guys. They were kind of like very, very willy nilly switching guys off ball, on ball, and it was pretty cool to watch. Like I, I like that. Um, their zone kind of got shredded a little bit tonight. Wasn't the best. Um, and again, without Bam, it, it's tough to judge their defense. I mean, he's arguably their best defensive player, uh, Sanjeev Butler. But I mean, all in all, I think it was a really productive first game. I think we, I think we got a lot of answers to things that we've been wondering.
3: I think it's like you mentioned at the very beginning and have tried to get in five or six times, but like Igadala's play was something that we got it to see. He was good. Thank right? you, like he played well and it was nice to see him play well in a heat uniform and do the things that you're used to seeing Andre Igadala do, right? Like he looked, and that was exciting to see. It was good to see Jay Crowder making the extra pass a few different times. Like when he was on the court, there was a lot of energy there. He airballed, I think, two or three different threes. But we'll forget about that.
2: It looked rough. It looked rough for Jay shooty. It looked rough. And
3: Dragic looked fresh. Myers Leonard, like, just nice to see Myers Leonard and Tyler Hero on the court healthy. So, like, there were a bunch of little things like you mentioned that it was nice to get some answers and just feel like a little bit of a sense of relief. Like, whew, okay, this team exists. They look like the team that we remember. Now let's see if those additions of Iguodala and Crowder really help kind of tweak that rotation into being the elite rotation that you hope it can be.
2: So Spolstra said a couple of days ago that they're not really doing new stuff. He's like, we're not, we don't have enough of of a training camp quote unquote to really implement anything that's new or different. Right. So like what he, he basically said like what we've been doing is what we're going to get. Right. So I, I think we, I think to expect anything new and, and I mean, they've done earlier in the season, they've done kind of really small lineups before not, not with Jimmy at center, more with Derek and, 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 um, and Jay and stuff, but, I think that they answered a lot of questions that we had, particularly about the defense, what they were going to do. They did everything. They were a man. They went zone. They were switching. This is all without Bam. I think offensively, they are who they are. Um, even without Jimmy playing a lot of minutes, I mean, they're pretty committed to how they play offense and what they do. Um, I'm actually, and again, it's just one game. It's an incredibly small sample size, and I, I don't want to put too much stock into a damn fucking scrimmage <laughs> game against the Kings, shorthanded Kings team. Um, I, I was pretty concerned if there would be a drop off that they would have, and I, I just I don't know. I feel I feel a lot better after seeing them that maybe that drop off that I feared might not come. Kristen, I see you shaking your head.
4: I mean, we'll find out sooner yeah. now if they play a much better jazz team. Um, so that'll probably be a better test. Um, and it's funny, there's no excuses anymore. That's the only that's the one thing I, I kind of like about the bubble environment. There's no travel excuses. There's no you know, you had more days off than other people. Everybody's in the same boat. Like, for the are you ready part.
2: for afternoon basketball? Like 1 p.m. basketball? I mean,
4: if I'm at work, no. So <laughs> I, I guess I'll have to tape it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's kind of weird that they're doing that because I think people, I think, I mean, I think in Miami, most people are still working from home. Uh, but I think around the country, I'm, I'm seeing that more people are going back to work. So yeah. it's kind of a weird choice that they're going. Like daytime. It's like a 1 PM game on a Monday or something. Well, they don't have much of a choice because they only have two venues. <laughs>
3: yep. They're
2: they're handling it sort of like March Madness, right? Like
3: where mm-hmm. March Madness by the end, when it's the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight, it's just a couple of venues. So they have to stack those games one after another one after another after another. Yep. So that's kind of the only had honestly, as a baseball guy, I wish baseball was doing that. The fact that baseball doesn't have like 11 a.m. games when they could like, for the first time ever, we could do, they could have just created their own schedule. No, I don't want to be
2: the fucking Premier League. I, I Like, no. I, <laughs> nothing before 1230. What is wrong with waking up to sports?
4: What's wrong with that? No, hey, you I don't, don't to, like I, it I, when I, the I,
5: NFL has, like, those London games at, like, nine. No, yeah, like, I, I, the NFL.
4: I have historically hated watching the Dolphins for various reasons. <laughs> but waking up to watch the London games, not that bad. You have a coffee, you're watching some oh, football, you know, a little bit of... Mashing, that's nice on so Sunday. A little brunch. Stay, whatever it
6: might off. be. It's like Summer League, but like the players are good. So <laughs>
2: <laughs> kind of like March Madness is something the players are good. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exposure not in a suit it was weird.
6: I think he looks everybody weird. was casual.
2: Eric cool. was cash. I, I, imagine Riley like coaching without a suit. It, 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 it was, feels it would feel weird. It was like summer league. I mean, like Spo's always wearing that same I don't like, think that helps. Polo, I don't I you know, in all summer league. I don't think they want that though. I think I I think that's a mistake. I, I have a hot take that I think that not wearing suits is a mistake. I think Rob is all for it. Dude, Rob Polinka's trying to by steal by Pat that. Riley's thunder. I don't know if you all saw Darcy. Yeah, it. that shit was weird. Yeah, just come on, Polinka. Get, get your own style, okay? Like, come on.
3: I haven't seen this, and now I'm really concerned.
2: It, it's just Rob Polinka trying to look like Pat Riley. I don't know what he's doing here.
3: I'm offended by it.
2: I, I am, too. It's appropriation. I gotta be <laughs> honest. He's just appropriating a better-looking person's name. Yeah.
4: And just also makes me angry at Rob Lowe, just by default. By
2: association. <laughs> yeah. Just, just sideswipe. <laughs> Before Rob Lowe gets it, perfect. Um, I mean, yeah. So I mean, like, it, it's it. It's going to be interesting to see going forward. Um, I I know that our 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 friend Leif, um, he Twitter insider, was kind of talking about drop offs and like people in the conferences, like where they where they would fall. Um, kind of like to close out the show. Is there anything that you see like going forward that you could say like maybe the Raptors could fall a little bit, maybe the Celtics fall. Like, do you, do you see any of those Easter conference teams kind of taking a step
6: back? I don't really know. I think it's so unpredictable right now. This is just, I, I can't, I can't make any sort of concrete, like, guess about how the intensity is going to rise as, as like the season actually starts. Cause this was kind of a scrimmage intensity game. Like it felt like they were playing more real than you would like in any old exhibition game, but like, it's going to be weird to see like how the teams actually like take shape when they're like actually playing. Like it's still a, a slightly different environment, but like enough of a difference to like, I don't know how crowds are going to play into it. It's just, it's anybody's guess, I guess. I would you say it could go either way? Oh, go ahead. It <laughs> could go either way. <laughs> it's a close call.
4: Um, no, and who knows how these guys are going to hold up psychologically after a while. I mean, you're talking about guys who are very blessed and are used to having immense freedoms to do whatever they want, and who knows how they'll be in another you know, month or two. I know a lot of the guys, you know, obviously there's much worse situations that they could be in but that doesn't make it not different. And, you know, everybody, some people rely on a lot of people to kind of like, you know, get them through tough times. And maybe not having the same access to different people could, you know, it's it's like like he was saying, like what Jack was saying. It's impossible to predict. So it's going to be interesting for sure. It's a social experiment in a lot of ways.
3: For a maybe, couple of different reasons, uh-huh. it feels the winner of this year's championship will deserve it as much, if not more, than any champion before them. Right? Because, I mean, last year's the ultimate example of the Raptors got to the foul, faced a decimated Warriors. Theoretically, because this is a bubble, if COVID doesn't go crazy, you're going to face every team at full strength b- besides the Nets. Every team at full strength. <laughs> and 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 so, as a result, you're... And guys are fresh, right? They've taken four months off. I mean, there's more time between the end of the, the real NBA season and this than there is between baseball seasons normally. Like, the, like baseball ends in October. Spring training starts in February. It's the, it, there's been more time now than there was from the last basketball game. And so... These guys are all fresh. They're all going to be giving it their best shot. But Christian, I think what you just mentioned is, is really real. That like, just because we all would go, oh, what I wouldn't give to live in that bubble for a few months with those types of amenities. That doesn't mean that this, for some guys, isn't still a downgrade from the normal everyday life that they're used to. They are in a bubble, which even though it's this huge Disney campus, something about that does feel claustrophobic. And there is something about being put in this with a lot of pressure, with a lot of scrutiny, with if I mess anything up, then I could cost this whole league, right? uh, uh, The rest of the season, if I mess up the COVID parts, if I mess up anything. And so they're they're getting probed
4: every day, aren't they?
3: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of pressure psychologically added to these guys, and the teams that can really be like—it's the first time that like team chemistry, I think, like really legitimately matters. Like, you guys need to bond off the court and be friends and there for each other emotionally and psychologically in a way that athletes do not normally have to be there for each other. Sometimes they are, but other. this is not something that they're used to
2: by any means.
5: Poor LeBron. <laughs>
2: Yo, okay. So before <laughs> we hop off, I I really gotta bring something up because this has been bothering me a lot on Twitter. Um, and I think it's it's very near and dear to our show. Um, uh, so Justice Winslow out for the year with a hip injury. Um and I I was kind of a little bit a lot uncomfortable with the kind of victory lap people were taking on Twitter that a dude got hurt. Right? Like a dude that like for all intents and purposes, like gave a lot to this organization that I don't know if you all remember played like two damn games after getting a concussion or played the rest of the game after getting a concussion. Right. And then they found out, Oh, justice, you were concussed. Right. It's so like a guy that has really been put through a lot playing kind of gave it his all, uh, couldn't get healthy. It's not like he was, uh, people act like the dude never played a game. I mean, he was, he was playing regularly his first couple seasons before where the injuries really happened this year and and, and one other year. And I don't know, like, I know, Jack, like, you're passionate about this, too. Like, I I was just really annoyed by the amount of people that just randomly don't like this guy and are rooting when he gets hurt. It was kind of gross.
6: Yeah, I mean, I get the frustration with him because he had such high expectations and especially, like, the aesthetics of how he played. Like, even sometimes when he played well, he's, like, not the... You know, he was never the obvious star, like, other than, like, the rare moment where he was, like, really flashy. But, like... I think a lot of people had much higher like offensive expectations for him that were more in line with like a Harden or a Wade, which is like unrealistic. So I get the frustration with that. And then when he was playing well, he was always injured. Um, and then I get like kind of taking a victory lap over the trade. Like I'm really like happy to have Iguodala here. I'm really happy to have um, Crowder here. And I think Solomon Hill is a good pickup. Um they have a lot of guys we talked about that all podcast i think it like you know if you're talking about now where anything could happen and you're like in this playoff environment like they did make the right trade for now like and i honestly i'm pretty confident that they like did make the right trade because the the relationship between team and player seemed to end it at that point anyway like it they were moving on no matter who they got in the package um but um yeah, I, I think you can express that in a way that's not um, openly congratulatory about a player getting injured.
2: I mean, it's just, but it's always been the shit with him. It's like, and I understand that he has like a lot of stands, and I know, like us in particular. I mean, we, we, I mean, justice better now, better now, right? Songs were made, it's your fault. We're done. It is our fault. It's are all your fault. It, it is. Fault. I mean, yeah, It's like you guys are
3: as someone. No, that starts on, with Jack. As someone that is on my very first episode of this podcast, I want you guys to know you were completely to blame for Holy all this celebrating victory laps over Justice Winslow. Are
2: we the leaders? Are we like? Are we at Justice the forefront? Med. Yeah, for sure.
3: It's all your fault. <laughs> I, I, I love you, but man. Guys, it's, it's a self-reflection here. Like, but that's, also, but, then, but that's like that's also
6: <laughs>
4: dumb. Then, like, take it out on us. Yes. Like, like, out bro, out. Don't start yeah. tweeting at the guy like, oh, what, can't stay on the court? Like, what the fuck is that? I but, can't, I can't even like the
6: name Justice better.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I I cannot understand <laughs> with with Justice being hurt as, like, a good victory lap type of thing for the Heat. Like, I I don't get it. Like, it's it's hard for me to even process the the thought because it's like you mentioned, Jack. Like, it, this dude played hard when he was on the floor. He gave what he could. He got hurt. The team moved on. They And like you said, if you want to take a victory lap on anything, okay, so now you feel a little more confident that the trade was right in terms of the short term because of this bubble. You've got Igadala, et cetera, like you just said. But to like run around and celebrate this guy's injury when he was now, you know, for however many games it was going to be like five or six games. Cause whatever with the Grizzlies, but he was going to get his chance to like earn his respect from that fan base that he had down here. This was his shot to not have to go into next season, feeling all sorts of uncomfortable. And I I pity the guy. Like I feel bad for him that this happened. This sucks period. Like it's really terrible that this happened to him yet again in a moment that could have been cool for him. Also on a national stage, because the Grizzlies are competing for a playoff spot. Like people are going to watch those games and it would have been nice to see him get to thrive there. So I feel nothing but really bad
2: for him. And I, I hope he recovers healthy and has a really great 2021 season. Bro, people are like, they want to be so right in their sports takes that they'll celebrate that. It's like, well, look, I mean, and, and again... I know that we in particular, I mean, even last show, I mean, <laughs> we had Frankie on and we were talking about, well, if they had justice right now, <laughs> you know, this is defensive issue, right? So it's like, whatever. Like we, I, I know that we're, we're big supporters of him and everything. Like I'm not, I'm not blind to that, but I don't know. Like you just, you want to be right so badly. Like, whoop well, this guy goes down again. I'm sure that's a, like such a shitty feeling. And you're just like, well, yes, we won the trade. It's like, that's really like where you go. Like this is the first mm. place you go. Like, it's not your guy. Like, I don't know. People I mean, don't treat Josh that way. People love Josh
4: here it's very easy to live in the moment, you know? I mean, I remember at one time people were wondering if Steph Curry was damaged goods,
1: mm.
4: you know? So lot well, I mean, obviously that's a very, isn't he, isn't he not? Isn't he hurt moment. now?
2: <laughs> huh? uh, Steph Curry was injury prone and then he wasn't. And then now he is again. Yeah, exactly. So like, it's, 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 it's a cycle. Mm. I don't know. I just, I get upset and then um, it's just, the fan base is, sports has this tribalism to it that's a little, a lot uncomfortable at times when people want I'm it. pretty that's sure
5: I saw justice on the court today. What are you talking about?
6: Solomon <laughs> Hill is not. <nothing>. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> they have to the say, yikes. Marco Rubio.
7: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in.